Welcome back to the Whole GD Show, the show where we bring up a word or phrase to spark a conversation about the related media. This is your host, Jeff Blanchard, and my glaring co-host, Dylan Orr. Hello, Jeff. Uh, <laughs> this is a very visual gag right now. Yes. Yeah. And but, uh, Dylan, well, we have a special guest. We have my good friend Decker Leonard. I should have asked him what his last name was first. <laughs> Or how to say it. No, you got it right. Leonard is my last okay. name. Decker is my first name. They decided to be clever and they swapped the two of them on me. Uh, yeah. You got it in order. Good job. Uh, and we're going to do a word glare. Things that make us glare. And Decker, you picked this word. Why? Uh, why? Because I hit the random word generator five times <laughs> and landed on something that I could work with. Okay, that's fair. Oh yeah, we uh, never did that. That's next time I'll uh, that's, yeah, that's a pretty good next idea. Next time I will yeah, think I like of that. something that will bring out more stuff that I like to talk about, as opposed to just something that I got to talk about. It's all good, but I can find well, things. I mean, I did find this things. is like oh, what makes me angry when I engage with yeah. it? You know, like what is is there anything like thematically or like in various media that just makes you angry incompetence usually in execution or delivery or mm -hmm. one of the things i'm going to talk about i'm not going to spoil too much if it leads back to something that happened in real life that's shocking or horrifying or something like that so spoilers okay well let's jump right into it dylan do you want to start us off with a movie uh, yeah, I got a series of movies here. Um, it's it's kind of a different interpretation of glare I went with. Um, I don't know if... I, I know, Jeff, you're not familiar with the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies trilogy. Um, I've seen the second one. You have seen the second one? Into Darkness? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Deck, have you seen any of these? I did. I've seen all of them. Yeah. But um, I... Personally, I, I do enjoy them. They're fun. Um, they're, I've talked about TNG a little, but it just uh, glare reminds me of... J.J. Um, has gotten a lot of flack for using his use of lens flares in the movie. Like, And I never picked up on it the first time, and then someone mentioned it to me, and I watched it again. It's like, oh, geez, I have to like look away from the screen. It's just... I, I was going to try to figure out why he did it, and I can't... I don't know. I don't know, but I don't know. Just is um, that's something he does in all his movies. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, Super Eight actually he does it a lot too. Um, that's like a eighties ish ET kind of movie about a, a kids that witness a train and wreck, and there's like an alien involved. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of lens flare in that. I guess in the space stuff, I don't know. Maybe that's how he conveys space. This is space. I don't think. Um, Star Wars had too many lens flares. Uh, the two he did. Force Awakens and the other one. Rise of Skywalker. Roths. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know what he likes about him in those movies. It seems to be that real trilogy that it's just like, why? Why? I guess, I don't know. Is it to convey space is so blindingly beautiful? I don't know. Do you have a favorite of that trilogy? Um, 
what was there? And uh, I mean, I like Beyond the third one just for the use of uh, Beastie Boys at the end. Oh, sure. Uh, very cheesy, but I big Beastie Boys fan, so it's uh, was a little I like funny. Um, two gets a lot of flack for being a ripoff of Rathacon, but I've never seen the original, so. I recommend I it. it. I got it like on VHS. A... Yeah, I've been getting in. I got into um, TNG Next Generation during lockdown a bit, and I I go back to that on and off. So I'd like to visit the whole world of Star Trek and expand. Uh, Decker, do you have one a movie you want to talk about? Well, I recently got exposed to a Korean movie from 2017 called A Taxi Driver. It is a historical dramatization of the Gwangju Uprising, May 20th in 1980. I needed to do a little bit more research into the actual history of the period, but from what I can tell, the South Korean government was overthrown in a military coup. And the people that complained about it the most were the people in Gwangju. These people have a history of being looked down upon by the rest of people in, like, Seoul or more cosmopolitan areas because they have a different accent. They're considered countrified. So when all the communication was cut from that area and everyone was, was being told on the news that um, gangsters and rioters were all going to Gwangju, it made it really, really easy to hide what was actually happening there. And what was happening there was martial law and a military crackdown. And it took a concerted effort on the part of foreign reporters, one in particular, being driven by a taxi driver. And we get to follow them go through the mountains from Seoul into this place, and we get to see some actual live recording of the event that took place there. The massive protests that went right up to the, uh, the lines of people and got tear gassed and then eventually shot so so that kind of made me glare a little bit the rest of the movie is very very different in tone though it starts out we get to watch this guy down on his luck and everything a lot of that part of the stuff though is fictionalized and did not actually happen but a lot of the stuff did actually happen and it's a radical tone difference from what happens in the beginning of the movie to when we finally get there but it eventually ends good and everything. It eventually ends on more of an okay. upward note, but I do recommend it. If you guys want to, you guys want something different, that might be one. I haven't seen a ton of Korean movies. I know that they've kind of been, you know, more mainstream and kind of uh, current times as far as like kind of the Korea boo uh, trend. <laughs> favorable in uh, modern media. My girlfriend got into this kind of stuff because she got the K-drama bug in a really big way for the past, like, two years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Accurate. I just bought a Korean car, so... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm all in. God, it's everywhere! <laughs> yeah. I just have to start driving uh, for uh, uh, fucking Lyft or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you could be that taxi driver. But yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really good movie. There, there are bits that are obviously. Oh, sorry, I talked out of our turn, didn't I? 
Oh, you're fine. There are definitely moments in there that did not happen. Like, there's a car chase. That didn't happen. Mm-hmm. There, the story about him being reluctant and all that to get in to Kwangju and everything. That did not happen. He was a great sympathizer with everything. And, of course, a couple names are changed to protect people. But, yeah. Aside from, the, aside from a lot of uh, dramatic... Um, techniques that they use to make it more palatable as a movie it mainly it mainly seems to be very accurate so yeah yeah i can see why like the kind of historical significance of something that's like tragic or you know like if it was a holocaust movie or uh you know one related to uh genocide or whatnot it, it would definitely make a normal human being angry when they were <laughs> Related to the history of you know violence that is constantly going on throughout the world. Yeah, it did. It didn't feel relevant or anything today. But anyway, uh, mine was also a, I guess, a historical fiction. Uh, mine is a German uh, war film called Das Boot. Have you, either of you seen it? Yes. Yes. Um, It is a military movie following a German submarine, the Nazis, throughout their trials and tribulations during a period of the war. Uh, And there's a weird sense of this where you're kind of like, I think I might be sympathizing with Nazis because they, you know, the story is following them and, you know, essentially how much they go through in this kind of battle and it it really humanizes people that are just like i don't know doing their weird job that we are fighting against it's it's a weird thing to kind of portray to people where you're just like well these are the protagonists but they are you know uh the world's villains essentially yeah and i'm like i don't know how to feel about that i'm angry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> angry that this book is making me consider <laughs> things. Oh, yeah, it's making uh, me question my morality. Makes me angry. Well, it, it it is a it's a very well filmed movie, and it's oh, like it yeah. it's like it's I don't know it, it it's been a long time since I've seen it, but it it just kind of portrays them as kind of hardworking, you know, soldiers within the military, and not just people that are. <laughs> It's not in, like, any of the camps. It's all in this kind of, like, confined space where you're kind of seeing, you know, edu- you know, uh, tempers flare and, you know, the stress of just being in this uh, ship and kind of having to kind of uh, move around mines and, you know, get around other ships and whatnot. It's definitely interesting. You know what the, uh, the average casualty rates for crews on a U-boat were? shockingly high something around the realm of like 75 percent there was a point where the war in the atlantic the point where that movie is played in turns against the germans dramatically they did not have enough surface ships and they did not have enough industry to replace the u-boats they were losing and they were losing the technology war against the allies the british got incredibly good at detecting and sinking u-boats and if you even got even a partially 
square head on a U-boat with a death charge, you would crack that hull, and every single man inside there was dead. Yeah. So, and when you're stuck inside of that metal tube with all those death charges hammering on the hull, yeah, it's hard not to sympathize with these guys. They fought for one of the most evil causes ever created by humanity, but when you're stuck in that sub with those poor guys... Mm. You don't want to see him die either, because that is a rough way to go. It's it's a weird feeling to have and to follow them and be like, well, these are the bad guys, so fuck them. But also, like, <laughs> oh, shit, this is weird to like. You know, am I allowed? To, am I allowed to discuss uh, like plot points and spoilers and stuff? I'm sorry. Yeah, I don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Also, if I'm if I'm talking out of order, let, let me know. No, oh, feel free. Okay. Oh, uh, beginning of the movie. When they're having the big piss up in the French, uh, in the French theater, we never, we never mm. really feel like they're uh, they're not being in good people here because they're abusing everybody in that place. They're going to leave a huge mess for the people that they've conquered that realm for, just to or that country for, just to drink their wine or drink their beer. So that's how I see that. Yeah, and at the end, you, they kind of you're like, well, it was, that's what happens in war. It was all for nothing in the end. Eventually, they yeah. were going to lose the war. These guys had survived that at their deployment, but Germany, lo- the Nazis, lost the war. So, yeah, I hear uh, you. I also threw um, Flavors of Youth, which is a movie that we <laughs> reviewed recently. <laughs> I haven't heard um, of. Uh, it's a it's a Netflix original, and uh, man, uh, if you want to watch thirty minutes of a guy talking about how much he enjoys soup, then and man, I I was so mad at this movie. I still think about it now. Like I know this is a weird juxtaposition between Nazis and a man who enjoys soup, and it's just like, this fucking movie. I was so mad at it when I watched it, and I was mad at Dylan for making me watch it. Hey man, and Nazis could uh, like soup too. And it it's like thirty minutes of this guy like, oh, this soup, it's got the best toppings, and it reminds me of this girl whose hair. And it's like thirty minutes. You're like, are you gonna learn about soup? Yeah. Are you gonna learn about cooking? And it's like, no, you're just a guy who enjoys soup, and you relate it to your memories, and then it the it's over. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Yo, but I'm looking at the uh, the animation for this thing, and they make the soup yeah, look the soup good. Looks pretty good. Yeah, they make the they soup. It looks good. great. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. sound good though. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what brought me into. It. I was like, oh man, this this movie's gonna be all about food. It's gonna look so good. But then it goes, I ate the soup and the soup, <laughs> and then they moved away, yeah. and the soup got less good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, shit. Yeah, fuck that movie. Uh, Dylan, do you have a TV show that made you angry? Uh, yeah, well, they do now. I can't believe, like, I had this big... And I don't know if these shows exist anymore, but I had this in high school and middle school. I would watch... Reality TV was just a huge thing back then, and um, especially on VH1. They had, like, The Surreal Life and... Uh, specifically, I was remembering this show the other day called Tool Academy. I don't know if anyone has ever heard of Tool Academy, but I it don't was remember that one. It was a bunch of like 
muscle-headed dudes uh, whose girlfriend sent them to this reality show tool academy to teach them how to be like gentlemen and i vaguely that sounds vaguely familiar uh, i i watched the whole damn thing i can't believe i watched the whole thing <laughs> and uh, now i just uh, i i don't like reality tv i think it's like uh i i i can't remember any of it i ingest now i don't think i watch any of it now but yeah. man it's it's still they still pump it out like Keeping up with the Kardashians, Real Housewives. Um, there's so much of it. Bachelor, Bachelorette. There's still uh, that too. Naked yeah. and Afraid, and all this other uh, stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, what that really popular one about uh, catfish? What is it? Um, Ninety Day Fiance. It's really popular. Oh, yeah, right there's, yeah, catfish is one too, isn't it? Yeah. Is that real though? Is that one even real? Or any of them real? Is Survivor still going on? I that one so. at least has like writing behind it and competition, um, but ah oh, man, I, I this can't is why I all that up. Oh, good. This is why Decker, I don't. Watch are you TV. into any uh, reality? Yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah. This is yeah. why I don't watch TV. Reality TV never got me. Um, I used to really like Made. I used to like that show on MTV back when, where the person would be like, "I want to be a rapper," and the then like yeah. they'd send like uh like Ghostface Killer to like some like <laughs> kid in like um like rural uh, like Oklahoma and they'd like bring him to New York and he would suck and he'd like never get better and That's... some of the kids would be like I want to be like a dancer and he'd be, get pretty good uh, but I don't know I it, it was a real mixed bag with that Joe where some people would achieve their goals some people wouldn't. Just yeah, life. it does sound familiar. Like it, like I've seen that uh, commercials for that for a moment, but no. Yeah. Either way, the only the only real reality TV that I watched was incidental or over people's shoulders. Like I catch moments of Survivor, or more recently, I'd be catching moments of like Love Island over uh, over my girlfriend's shoulder. But yeah. <laughs> Do you guys remember the Swan? That terrible reality show? No. Yeah, vaguely. It was like they'd take people who were like visibly like disgusting and like um, (laughs) like people with like burn wounds and whatnot, and they'd give them this like crazy plastic surgery so they'd be, you know, all beautiful. And then when they were done with that, they put them in a beauty contest. It was (laughs) crazy. It was weird. It was like, that's that's the goal of this. You're going to make these weirdos like just compete now that they look approachable so strange you yes yeah that and like um beauty i watched beauty and the geek that was one of my favorite ones too in high school (laughs) now i just look back and like oh my gosh what garbage what (laughs) like uh, come one come all we'll hammer you right into society's these uh requirements Yeah, yeah, it's all, like, it's uh, labeled as a, it's a social experiment, but it's like, no, you're just, um, really, (laughs) we're, like, bullying and labeling people, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Decker, do you have a TV show? I was just catching up on Fire Force Season 2, and it was at that point that I realized, this is really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) That realization moment where you're like, I... I don't like this. Do I need to be watching it? 
I hung on to it for season one because I was really enjoying myself, and then I got tired of all the same things over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Um, that's anime for you, I suppose. It's a shonen battle anime, so I'm already uh, lining up for the same thing over and over again. But I don't, I don't do the, I don't do that because I like seeing the same thing over and over again. I like seeing the details. And the detail for this one that I was really into was the sound design and animation by David Production. It's it's like sitting there and watching the uh, these characters do these things over and over again. Like there's one character that has a ability to create fire around her head and around her ass that looks like a cat. <laughs> and occasionally she'll they'll just be talking to somebody and then one of them will trip and then. Her clothes will fly off, and this is this is yeah. repeated. That's gotcha. one character, and then there, and then every but it's not just her too. Other characters have unique and weird gimmicks, like a guy that talks only through a signal whistle, a guy that legitimately <laughs> believes that he is King Arthur and is so rock stupid that he uses it to become superhumanly strong. Oh. What is the premise of that show? I've never actually watched it. In a world that was ravaged by an apocalyptic fire, a new society was created and is now protected by people that can use pyrotechnic abilities to defeat other people that spontaneously turn into fire demons. Oh, they're fighting fire with fire. Effectively, yes. They are the special fire force. Season one Mm. is really, really strong, and if you're down for a dumb, loud, great time, I recommend it. Season two is just more of the same, and then it start, and that makes it get annoying. There's a lot of uneven pacing. Like the last two episodes of season two, we finally get some backstory and a power upgrade for that character that I just mentioned. Because un- up until this point, close to like twenty five plus twenty four, th- forty nine episodes. Yeah. We didn't really get to know much about this character. What was it like for her growing up? Was it painful? I'm glad it's only relevant now because the rest of the time she's just been the butt of everybody's jokes. But anyway, the reason that I have been sticking with it, like I've been saying, is because the sound design and production and animation are just great. When these people hit each other, it makes a deep booming bass to it. And in Xbox headphones, it's quite a bit of fun i've having i've been having a lot of fun with it it's a really flashy stylish show yeah they're all dressed like firemen too which is kind of an interesting design i guess yeah the black with the blue they talk about that like once and then they move on because we're here to watch things explode and boy howdy does it yeah. I kind of like that kind of uniform style that they kind of have an anime. Like, a, I know Bleach did that, where they're all kind of very similarly dressed and whatnot. Yep. Uh, man, I I had an anime, but I'm like, I didn't watch enough of it because I was... It made me mad almost immediately. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was just like, I turned it off like, I hated these characters. I turned it off during the first episode. Uh, it was called, uh, cause I, I watch a lot of trash Decker. I watch a lot of, I watch a lot of good stuff, but I watch a lot of trash cause I'm like, I got nothing better to do. I'm just stuck in my apartment or whatever. 
uh, I want his real life girlfriend, which is, you know, I, I like a rom-com kind of setting in, a, in an anime every once in a while. And this is, you know, a kind of classic beauty meets the geek, uh, mm. where it's a kind of otaku nerd that's kind of got glasses and he's very generic meets a very pretty girl who's also very aloof and standoffish, uh, but she is also a school idol. Uh, and she, it's just, I hated these fucking characters. Like I, like off the bat, I'm like, this guy's an incel loser and this girl (laughs) fucking sucks. Like she's a real piece of shit. And I, I couldn't even get through the first episode. I hated these characters so much. And it was so like generic as far as it's storytelling. Um, I do have a problem because I, I tend to watch things through their finish, so I may go back to it. <laughs> like, and I don't like it. Uh, but I, but I'm like, why? I fucking hate anyway. this. Yeah, and it's got a dub, so I could just like do other shit while it's on. Sure. Just be like, yeah, I finished it. What was the name Whatever. of this one again? Real life girlfriend. I do like the kind of uh, thing of like guy becomes popular because he, you know, shows his thing or what he shows his personality and somebody likes it. Uh, but I, it's it's following every trope. There's nothing really original about it. Um, but yeah, it it was a real piece of shit. I don't recommend it unless you truly have nothing else to watch. Well, I know what to recommend my worst enemy now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's on VRV. They want to watch it. Uh, Some music. Oh, did you know, actually, I don't know if I brought this up on a previous podcast, uh, but music is actually a word and it refers to, like, elevator music. Oh. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, well, now you know. Um, anyway, uh, for my music, I actually have a specific memory. Um, this was back in the Sugar days, Ray so... again? No. <laughs> this is another concert memory, though. <laughs> um, uh, this was back in 2003 or four. I saw Alien Ant Farm and 311 at okay. some, uh, whatever it was called back then, the Civic Center. Yeah, the Portland Civic okay. Center. Cumberland County Civic Center, that's where I was. Giving away a lot of personal information here. Um, and I, yeah, I saw 311 Alien Ant Farm there. I guess a lot of people were there to see 311. I was a pretty big Alien Ant Farm at that fan at that time. Uh, Smooth Criminal. Yeah, two songs. You know. well, the, no, their second album was out at this point. Um, okay. I was probably the only person who bought it <laughs> in the Maybe. school. So I liked them. Um, I didn't, I was... I didn't know uh, 311 were such uh, bad boys and um, pot smokers at the time when I was just a little teenager. And when mm-hmm. I went to the concert, I was very surprised. Um, but when Alien Ant Farm was playing, they opened and um, people were just not into them, not really moving around at all. And you could tell the singer was having just a bad time and he couldn't, wasn't feeling the energy. And I think someone was heckling him at one point and he just gave this death glare to the crowd and flipped everyone off <laughs> it was it was pretty bad <laughs> i was like oh but i'm enjoying it like, why'd yeah. you ruin it for me <laughs> uh, yeah i've never been to a concert where the singer was just so 
Like, I've seen, like, singers not really re- or interact with the crowd, um, or weirdly interact sure. with the crowd, but I've never been to a show, really, where they were mad at the crowd, <laughs> and this one yeah. sticks out in my mind. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I, I do like, you know, those two songs. It's Movies and Smooth Criminal, and that's yeah. it. Uh, I can't even name the second album. Maybe it's Truant, or is that the first one? I think Truant is the second album, but I can't name a song off of it. Yeah. Movies is a great song. Yeah, I liked it. I edited many uh, high school projects to it <laughs> that had to do yeah. with the history of film. <laughs> it's a good one just to get in there. I've probably heard it, but I don't remember it, so i got to look that one up. Yeah. Uh, do you have any music? <laughs> music and another story about an artist that heckled the uh, or was angry near the audience. Oh, man. Yeah. Nice. Well, actually, it's not quite the same, is it? He didn't actually be getting rid of him, but I'm getting away from it. Music in this particular is Not Going Away by Ozzy Osbourne. This, was, uh, this is off mm. of Black Rain, released out in 2007. Well I, well, I saw this one back when I uh, when I went to Ozfest in two thousand. Was it that? Yeah, it was two thousand nine. The first time. Cool. So. Back then, when I was a teenager, I used to think this was the most awesome stuff ever. Thought it was thought it was really really uh, crunchy and aggressive and angry and made me feel like a badass and everything. And now I listen to it now, and the only thing I can do is cringe into my ribcage. It's dull. <laughs> it's dreary. It thuds and it plods, and it's got nothing. According to the Rolling Stone reviews, it is highly skippable. Sputnik Music calls it quite embarrassing. Yeah, real indictment of Ozzy. Not particularly. Yeah. But the story that I got from that was when we were when they were up on stage because this was the last album that he ever recorded with Zach Wild. So Zach Wild was up there playing alongside Ozzy, and Ozzy was probably doped up on something. He couldn't remember the chorus to "Mama, I'm Coming Home." Oh, sounds right. So Zach Wild is standing there next to him. He's trying to sing the song to him. He's playing along, and Ozzy just looks over at him, says right into the mic. Just play the fucking solo. Oh, no. <laughs> so he just jumps into it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that sounds like it's on brand. Yeah, for, that was you know. that was about the energy that we were working with over there, and I didn't recognize it at the time. I was having a great time, but yeah, it's oh, funny. Man. It's funny that that it's funny. I'm glad that I, I'm glad you had your story and I had mine to share too. Yeah. That's hilarious. Well, oh my god, that would have been such a great memory of the concert. <laughs> uh, weirdly no, enough, it, that, yeah. that's going to be a running theme in yeah. our music stories. Of, Let's go! Uh, people being mad at the audience. <laughs> um, I did write two down, because one was just like, I thought of, you know, just kind of angry music. Uh, I don't really have a story with this one, but the other band I do. Rage Against the Machine, obviously, is a... a I didn't realize until much later that they were like an assembled band, you know, somebody picked, like kind of cherry picked all the people out of other bands to kind of create this. It's not like a weird super group kind of thing that's, you think of it as being an unproduced kind of thing, but it is incredibly produced. Hmm. I didn't know Which that, I never realized, actually. yeah. Yeah. And like all the songs are kind of like anti-government and okay. whatnot and kind of anarchist, you know, uh, 
bulls on parade and uh, killing in the name, all this kind of stuff that we know and enjoy, despite it now being kind of like a little bit cringy ish. Oh, really? But I, I it's still, still en- it. it's still enjoyable. Yeah, I agree. yeah. I was showing my kid it the other day, and then or having him listen to it, and then I was like, "There's a lot of f bombs in this." Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the band that I thought of uh, was a, ba- a band I I saw live at the I think it was the Palladium or the uh, the uh, man, Massachusetts House of Blues Boston House of Blues I think um, the first time I saw them uh, it's a band called Beartooth and I think they're technically Christian metal um, but they're they're pretty good they like they're pretty hard and they rock pretty hard um, the first time I saw them they were rocking really hard and I, I think they're opening for um census fail that old band you remember them i remember them yeah yeah and they're rocking and this was a good experience and they really had people going like the guy was kind of like bouncing from side to side and people were kind of like following so like people were getting like kind of crushed under people kind of like following him from the left side of the room to the right it's a real uh, cluster of people in a, a pit um, uh, the sec uh, not the second time, but I saw them have a very bad show. In uh, I was in Canada for the Heavy Fest of Montreal, where the big uh, ticket people were uh, disturbed at the very end of the show. And Beartooth was just often like a side, you know, a side stage kind of like they were near like a wrestling ring where people were having like backdoor or like you know backyard wrestling. Kind of like in this mm-hmm. homemade ring, it was very strange. Um, yeah, so it was guys, like that. <laughs> it's weird. Yeah, these guys look the kind of guys that I would have would have a backyard wrestling ring. I, I wouldn't call them Christian <laughs> metal. Yeah, uh, and it, the people there clearly didn't know them because they're like they're pretty unknown. I think even for an American band, like and people didn't know them. And there was same thing, no energy, and. Uh, they they rock pretty hard, but their first one, I think they started pretty slow, and they're like, everyone do a circle pit, and people <laughs> just kind of, like, stood around and looked at each other, like, like what? It's not that hard yet. Uh, and it was pretty much that energy throughout the whole show. Um, and, and that's like, the, I've seen that happen multiple times at shows where people were like, yeah, everyone mosh, and people were like, what? This isn't good. Uh, and, like, he would do... Like that thing where he'd sing the lyrics and then he'd hold out the mic to the audience and we're like, we already told you we didn't know you. Like, and so there'd be like no response to the call, and it was it was so awkward. And it, it just I was just like, oh, I really like these guys when I first saw them because they had this heavy, intense energy, and this was just like embarrassing, like how bad it went. And it seemed like the guy was just like mad the whole time. Uh, and then uh, we just walked off towards a different show because they were like it's one of those things, you know, where five people are, you know, five bands at five stages or whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Weird little show. Of that was part of a big show. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm glad you told me about them. I got to look these guys up now because they rock pretty nice. hard. All right. Yeah. Uh, what do we have next? A book. <laughs> oh, you yeah. mad at books? Uh, I'm mad at all books. I'm mad that it took me so long to figure out what book makes me mad. Um, I don't. 
I, well, I think this is another running theme. Um, just historical fiction in general makes me, um, reading it is so hard for me. History was always my worst subject in school, and just reading any historical fiction in school was very hard. I remember, like, Johnny Tremaine. I had to read that when I was pretty young, too. Like, just all went over my head. I could not pay attention to anything. Uh, Cold Sassy Tree. I think we talked about that. Oh, yeah. Fresh, freshman year was rough. A lot of historical fiction. Specifically, U.S. historical fiction. Um I can read like East Asian historical fiction. I have to read some. What of about those. something like um, Things They Carried? Is that considered I, historical fiction? See, I liked that one though. So. I know that's yeah, why I it kind of is, but it. Yes, I guess that would be historical fiction. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I was going to say, well, some of it is fictionalized, but um, that's what fiction is. Because <laughs> 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 that's I mean, like one of those real? ones where it's it's supposed to be like um. A retelling of this guy, but he's also fictionalizing his diary at the same time. Right. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I just, it's a, it doesn't make me angry per se. Maybe I just angry. I can't get into it. Specific Johnny Tremaine makes me angry though. Probably because that was the first test I failed as a youth. It was a reading test on Ugh. that book because I just I could not retain any of its information. I've never read it. I know it, it's a hard read because it, it's isn't it like um, it's like a pseudo first person narrative that's like nonlinear or something. I think so, and that might have been like I might have been too young to grasp that because I had to read that in like sixth grade. And yeah. I was all I remember from it is that he got hit <laughs> with the blunt side of a sword in the head. <laughs> that's like the oh. only thing I remember from that book. Yeah. <laughs> just so slapsticky there was a movie made about um how that book is unfilmable it's a weird i can't remember mm. what it's called i like that yeah it's like the, the adaptation one of the adaptation book or whatever yeah um, where the orchid grows or whatever that thing is oh yeah the uh, the orchid thief for uh, the nicholas cage book yeah movie. yeah yeah, movie. yeah. Yeah, yeah, where, you know, the workaround is that, oh, if I can't adapt this, I'll make a movie about how I cannot adapt this work of media. Yeah. Shortcut. You can make a movie out of anything. You just may need to gut whatever your source material is to do it. True. Which which is why he was able to make, which is probably why he made the movie about why you can't make the movie. <laughs> Decker, do you have anything? Unless Dylan, do you have any more? That's all I got. Oh, oh boy. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. My humble offering is Trigger Warning by William W. Johnstone. Hmm. I feel like I may have mentioned to you you when we we used to work together. Okay. I mean, I told everybody this when I found out about it because I've hung on to this as the nadir of books for me. From the tagline, political correctness won't save you. Which I admit got my attention. Former Army Ranger Jake Rivers is not your typical Kelton college student. He's not spoiled, coddled, or ultra-lib like his classmates who sneer at the soldier boy. You, you, can, you can guess that this, that this author has a bit of a bent to them. Yeah. It's, all about a, it's all about a school shooting that suddenly happens, and only this guy who 
loves to describe himself as not a significant amount of buzzwords can actually <laughs> defend himself against, I kid you not, Antifa ninjas. Oh Chapter one God. of the book, this guy gets attacked by a group of black-clad people that start hitting him with bats and calling him fascist, fascist. Chapter one. Yeah, I can you feel get why all the this way to the book would you. you get all the way to the back of the book, you get to uh, meet his uncle Dog, who is a truck driving bounty hunter, and then you get to read all the sequels where they go across America stopping crime. Dog the bounty hunter. Oh, yes. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. This isn't this has a really, really low review on uh, Goodreads, but a lot of ratings, so it's gotten around. Yeah, I can't see myself reading that or yeah, wanting well, to read that. Neither did I, but I had it recommended to me by a uh, a uh, a YouTuber that also likes reading a lot of bad stuff. Yeah. So I got this one recommended to me, and I cracked open a uh, PDF of it and looked through a couple pages and everything. I didn't actually read the damn thing because I didn't make it past chapter one. But the real fun part is actually checking out the stuff about the author. To be very, very brief and give a quick flyover, it's basically a person writing under an, another person's name and basically keeping the estate of this person's name to just churn out Western horror and survivalist novels about hard men doing hard things, unlike all those citified intellectuals back east. So is this guy actually a ranger, or is he just saying he's a ranger? Uh, this, or is it this that is the character? Fi- the, ca- the character. It's, oh, a, okay. uh, it's, it's a whole bunch of fiction. It's all Western horror and survivalist fiction and stuff like that. But it's got a mm-hmm. very, very clear bent, and this one was written in 2018 to basically take part in the culture war. Yeah. And yeah. it is so flagrantly incompetent and power fantasy that I just I I can't get out of my head and I can't see anything that can't be much worse than this unless you start getting into experimental stuff but whatever that that made me glare right there yeah I can see it yeah yeah that's ugh, sensationalism stuff yeah I, I can't imagine wanting to read like any type of political yeah sociopolitical like, yeah thing that came out in the previous administration <laughs> yeah oh no and this is coming from a guy that actually likes the occasional tom clancy book but yeah. i'll get into that later yeah i mean i like the games that's about it uh mine was a manga that i i mostly liked um there's stuff in it that made me angry but i mostly liked um called gantz g-a-n-t-z oh boy where have you read it i have seen the anime i have not read the manga which i have been told is way better it it's it's got a lot of good stuff to it um and i think the the guy who's written it has gone on to do other things that are fairly popular um i it's about uh humans dying and then kind of being kind of collected by these weird mysterious black orbs 
and they're slowly being collected to uh, go through this process of they're kind of put in this tournament style fighting thing where they have to fight for their lives against um, these weird creatures and later on you find out that they're kind of being trained for an alien invasion cool uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool stuff to it. There's also a lot of the thing that I hate in media. I hate fucking rape in media. It yeah. infuriates me when I see it in anything. Um, there have been stuff that I've liked where it's in where I'm like, it makes me like it less that it's in there, despite me liking it as a whole. Um, this also has a thing that I also hate. Not... I, I hate ambiguity in a lot of media, which can really be done incorrectly. It can be done well, but it can be done very poorly. This has one of those things. It, the ending is kind of like build up, build up, build up, build up. Ending, no aftermath. It's just like done. Just like cut, like cut off. Like end point, that's it. And that's the end. That is the end that it's supposed to be. And there's no more beyond that. And it's just like, I could have used one more chapter. And it's infuriating that there's no aftermath to that. And that's it. Yeah, no, like, falling action or whatever to bring you down from the climax. Yeah, it's climax done. Yeah, yeah. I'm not huge into that either. Yeah, they dropped that one off really, really quick and suddenly just dropped in the whole reason for the everything out of nowhere. Yeah. It's like final and boss and done. After after all this time, I'm they just I don't know. Yeah, this this uh this this show, I don't know if it's I don't know how, how much different the later stuff is from the earlier stuff in the or the early stuff in the manga is from the early stuff in the anime, but this show loves to be like edgy. Oh yeah. Which yeah, the rape. Not okay yeah. with that. Yeah. This show loves to be edgy, and one character in particular, uh, Jochiro Nishi, really mm. strikes me as just the avatar of what this show's attitude towards everything is. Little edgy, is that the little uh, psycho kid? Yep, the veteran hunter really early on, 14 years old, yeah. done a lot of these hunts against aliens before, and just loves messing with people and thinking like he's the the guy that that knows everything and really knows what's going on so you know he's a teenage boy go figure yeah he's an interesting character but he's also like a real piece of shit yep which kind of sums up gans yeah yeah so yeah i understand he go he seems to go a lot further in the uh in the manga than he does in the anime Oh yeah, it's a it's a long manga. Uh, a longa. A longa. <laughs> On the plus side, you could get through that much of it before it finally turned. Or, I I mean, like I said, there's a lot I like in it. There's just you know a, a few bits here and there that I'm just like fuck. I I don't know. I that kind of irritated me. It, not it is a brief glare of you know. There's a lot of you know a lot of good stuff in there. Still but it's a uh, just a real drop off at the end. That's just kind of like what I, I I want a little bit. It's not much, but you know. Uh, let's see, we got games, Dylan. Yes, um, this one kind of a little different. I just thought of um, when I just 
this immediately came to mind when I heard the word glare. Um, Pokemon uh, defensive moves, glare, leer. Oh. <laughs> like, just, I don't know. Um, but as a child, those made me, they did make me angry. Because as a child, I'm just like, I'm going to force my way through this game. I just want to tax the two damage. Like, no strategy for me. Um, but... Yeah, I just I remember. Like I remember wearing headphones, playing Pokemon on my Game Boy Color, and the sound effects for those moves, Leer or whatever, is just like this piercing beep <laughs> that goes. And it's like, if you have your headphones on, it's just the most grating thing to go through your brain. But Rip your eardrums. That was really just what I came up with off the top, like word association for me. Um, yeah, those uh, status effect moves are always way less satisfying than just like, you know, hydro pump or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Ice yeah. beam. Oh, yeah, well, there's, like the, uh, there's like the status there's like the status moves you get early on in the game, like growl and leer and yeah. tear wa- yeah. tail wag that do a little bit of stuff. But the real cool stuff is the buffs that you get. And that's where the strategy then comes in. But the good news is that you don't need it because it's a game designed for kids. So yeah. you can yeah. you can just hammer it by getting the most powerful Pokemon that you can. It's only when you mm-hmm. run into other people that the strategy really actually comes into it, right? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. Which was yeah. your which was your favorite Pokemon or your well game and then individual ones? Should we go around and do that? Sure. sure. Am, I, yeah. am I distracting? Let's do it. No, yeah. Let's do it. Um, I mean, I only played the original Blue. I'm playing Sword right now, but um, so I gotta go with OG Blue. My favorite Pokemon was probably uh, Rapidash because horses are cool. Riding horses are cool. Riding a horse on fire would be even cooler. Yeah, fair word. And Decker. it's a unicorn. Yeah. Silver played the hell out of that game when I was but a wee ban. And as for my favorite one from that, well, I got to go with my partner. I got to go with uh, I got to go with Typhlosion. I really like that one. It's not too much different from a Charizard, but now okay. that Charizard is a fire flying type, it is a little bit different, and I, I like the design of the character. Hmm. I, I, I've played a handful of them. Uh, I, I mean, I think I spent the most time with uh, Red and Blue, but I've played it a lot of. Uh, I think White and uh, Heart Gold. I haven't played any of the very new ones. I, I have Y. I've never played it. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, probably Red. And I think my favorite was probably someone like Gengar or Alakazam. Because I like I liked the triple of evolutions. I thought they were cool. Um, I liked, uh, there are certain kind of styles that could hurt just about anyone. I feel like Psychic hurt most Pokemon. Or like... I think Articuno might be up there too because I feel like he just ruined like later like the gym leaders and whatnot if you can grab him fairly early. It does. Psychic is really good. Ice is good against dragons, which is why he can yeah. ruin the Elite Four and everything, right? Yeah, he yeah. destroys the final Elite Four guy who's all dragons. Right. Uh, I got why I haven't touched it either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Well, you know, keep pumping them out and I don't know. My interest is really waxes and wanes. Oh, we'll see. Well, a couple of my friends are still the, playing. Uh, oh, good. 
Did you watch the Post Malone concert for the 25th anniversary? Oh, no, I didn't. Oh, God, no, that would make you glare. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> you know, every once in a while I hear his music, I'm like, I don't hate it. I think he's a real, I think he's a real weird guy that I don't really care for, but I, I don't hate the music. And I feel weird about it. <laughs> well, we can't say he's not, not on brand for the time, right? Yeah. 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 Times change. It's all good. Well, what do you got for our game? Ghost Recon Breakpoint. Oh, yeah. I See, this. I told you you were going to give back to Tom Clancy. Yeah. <laughs> My two oldest friends from college, we play a game together. The last one that we played all the way through to the end was Ghost Recon Wildlands. That was a reprehensible amount of fun. Yep. Ghost Recon Breakpoint, we thought, was going to be something similar. Same. That is turning into something that's less enjoyable than Wildlands. For one, we keep comparing it to all the stuff that we're missing. We can't destroy stuff as easily like you could in the open world of Ghost Recon Wildlands. Your job and in Breakpoint is to take down a big organization of people across a wide open map with the freedom to do it however you please, stealthily from long range at full vo- at full volume with machine guns and grenade launchers and just destroying everything. Or you can be really quiet and stealthy about it and sneak around and shoot people in the head with silenced pistols and hide bodies and everything. That kind of freedom of approach is a lot of fun, but the problem is, is for one thing, the games are really, really buggy. Like, people will see you through walls, or you'll try to climb a uh, a railing or a fence in the game, and your character will bug out, or the animation won't happen, and then you get spotted, and everything goes to hell. Oh, yeah. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, and uh, bringing it back to politics and everything like that, Ubisoft and the Tom Clancy thing, it's it's just, it's kind of, kind of uh, questionable. And to uh, to say that your game about armed military intervention in other places it, that has absolutely nothing to say about politics isn't political. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but, they're always but fighting it's, it's others in other yeah. places that aren't America. Precisely. Yeah, there was one moment in particular where um, the people that you're fighting against in Breakpoint, I think they learned a little bit better here, is instead of in Wildlands, where you have to take out an entire Mexican drug cartel, which has taken over the entirety of Bolivia. Yeah. From civil administration down to the military and police. Instead of that, you have just a smaller island in New Zealand that has been taken over by a private military contractor. So that's slightly less controversial, but they're working for a defected American asset or rogue American asset who's turning the island's advanced drone production facilities over to warfare. So now you've got to hide from tank drones with like machine guns on them or flying drones with assault rifles strapped to them. Stuff like that. Yeah. Instead, there was a, there was a quest. Now I've, now I've got the, I've got the thought. There was a quest where you're tracing a piece of technology for one character that's been taken over by this private military contractor, Sentinel. In the process, you find out that some of your allied characters were trying to steal this technology back and accidentally set off a bomb, or deliberately set off a bomb, that they thought was an empty, in an empty building, but they killed 30 people. 
and your character in the new cutscenes that the game now has for you with a couple different dialogue choices that really don't seem to lead up to anything, he decries them both as terrorists. Which my immediate thought was, that's a hell of a thing to say because you've never, you've clearly never had bad intel before in an operation because you're the most elite operator that's ever existed, right? You've never made a mistake. And they could have talked about that. They missed an opportunity to talk about that kind of thing, about drone warfare and the collaterals of war and how there really is nothing good, but we've also got to sell the player that they are the most elite badass operator out there that never does anything wrong. Otherwise, they might think about something. Yeah, I mean, these games are made for, like, the gameplay to exist, like, kind of in a in a bubble, like, that is separate from the story, where it's like, you go places and you shoot people, that's it, that's the story. And, to their credit, we do have a lot of fun going places and shooting people. They make <laughs> yeah. a really, really pretty game world, mm-hmm. and very, very intense moment-to-moment gameplay. For all the times that we get yanked out of it with a bug, or we go into a cutscene that just completely blows past context and everything we have a lot of fun playing it which is why we've sunk so many hours into it it up until now but oh that's frustrating yeah and i i've played both of those games and i agree wildlands way better than breakpoint uh which i actually actually recently started replaying wildlands because it it's the little ai squad you can kind of have with you oh yeah um, oh, cool yeah which is cool yeah, we didn't even we didn't even talk about the point where Breakpoint didn't even launch with half of the stuff that Wildlands had in to start, like yeah. AI teammates. <laughs> but what it does have now, bef- before I keep prattling on about this, is a lot more customizability in the deep in the difficulty, and I kind of like that. If you wanted to do like one of my friends does, go alone turn off your HUD and just listen to the game world and everything in it, you can have a very real kind of, well, aside from like Arma 3 level simulation, simulation of what it would be like to actually be in there to scrounge up everything that you have and navigate by eye or by tool. That could potentially be really interesting, but it would take you a long time to do anything in that game. Yeah, I like there's a lot of games now doing, like, they call it the immersive mode, where you turn off HUD and, like, all hints and everything, and you just, like, figure it out on your own. It's hard as hell. I don't think I'd waste my time with it, but that is, I do like that they have that option. Yep. Seeing different kinds of things like that, like in Elite Dangerous, people will do HUD-less stuff. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch, but I'm prattling. Anyway. I listed two. They're both kind of like uh, those difficult kind of roguelite e kind of games uh one is hades which is popular right now uh, need to play which that. is uh man what to say about that game it's very <laughs> horny um it's got a lot of uh you know it's it's very good and it's very difficult where you know you kind of you go through these kind of levels and you kind of go through each thing you know you complete a stage and you collect a reward sometimes it's money to buy upgrades sometimes it's kind of like uh different boons that give you different stats and like so if you hit somebody on your every third hit does like 
50% more damage or depending on the weapon you're using or this one lets you hit really far away really hard or really close up hard or whatnot. Um, and when you go through a level and you're sometimes you just get on a roll and you just get fucked and it's just like it's infuriating to just die or like lose all your health so you're just like oh well I'm just gonna die in the next left stage and then it's just you know start from the beginning there's no real like checkpoint all you're really earning is like um kind of non-tangible experience of just learning how to play better and you can you know upgrade your weapons over time but it, it takes time and it's just like you can go through and have a really good run and then just get screwed or have a bad run and have it end almost immediately yeah i'm yeah, interested looks, in that one it looks like a really really pulley uh, uh perf uh, it looks like a really pretty bullet hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of Ruiner, only with the uh, the cell-shaded stylistic art thing going on instead of cyberpunk. Moment-to-moment yeah. moment, moment moment gameplay is really, really hard. You can lose track of yourself and die really, really quickly, and the upgrades come really slowly, but if you played it again, if you had everything, suddenly it's so much more doable. But... I don't know. Yeah. At least there's uh, there seems to be a lot more compelling narrative in Hades, so I gotta bump that up instead of keeping play instead of uh, Ruiner. Oh yeah, there's definitely it's got a whole kind of like a mythology pantheon where you're kind of you're trying to escape hell with the you're the son of uh, Hades. You're trying to get out of his control because he's an overbearing dad. And you're also, like, interacting with all your, like, uncles and cousins who are, like, Zeus and Aphrodite and, uh, whatnot. And you're all these mythological characters, and you fight, like, the Minotaur and Theseus and whatnot. I'm, look, I'm, looking, for, I'm looking forward to, uh, to dusting off my classics. Yeah. But, yeah, I also wrote down Bloodborne, because uh, that game oh can be infuriating to me. Like any of those From Software games, like Dark Souls and Demon Souls and whatnot. Same kind of issue, but at least it's easier because there are checkpoints to it. You can kind of grind a little bit easier. Yeah, that one also looks really, really intense. Yeah. Won't be able Very, to touch uh, Lovecraftian, too. Yeah. Really, really cool narrative and everything, but damn that looks frustrating just because it's yeah. it's fast it's very fast compared to other dark souls games oh yeah you have to be way more aggressive to get through it correctly well i think we just got one more thing which is anime maybe which we call which is i have dylan watch a new anime that he hasn't seen and typically uh and he tells me if he would watch it or not uh and Decker, you picked New Dominion Tank Police. Aye, I did. Why did you pick this? Just curious. I got recommended to this from another YouTube channel back when I was still in college, and it's only up until now that I finally actually looked it up and gave it a try. Mm -hmm. It looked kind of generic, it looked kind of silly, and then I heard the intro. <laughs> yeah. This OP was so fucking long. It was, like what two minute intro of just like a weird kind of crappy montage yep it's it's the whole song it's yeah. the whole song just behind the just beyond the time 
And I think that one's up there with, uh, like, uh, like he said, I think this one's up there with uh, Through the Night by, uh, well, for Outlaw Star. Released in 93, written by Masamune Shiro, who also wrote Ghost in the Shell, which Our... was shocking to me. <laughs> Our Lord and Savior <laughs> of Cyberpunk, who, with whomst we stand. Yeah. Welcome to the future of 2016. <laughs> and, man, this, this was... I don't know, early on, I was like, man, this is... I feel like this is low quality, even for the time. And really? This is like, I thought it was. Oh, I had the opposite feeling. Still, still it's the same thing. Like, Studio Ghibli was out at the same, like, putting out, like, uh, yeah, but uh, this Totoro is, and... Isn't this TV not, like, a movie, right? I guess so. But I mean, TV like, a quality. year later, a year later, they put out uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah, I'm thinking like Yu Yu Hakusho though when I'm watching this. I'm like, man, yeah, it, I it thought this was style. bad. <laughs> reminds me of um, Matt Labor. Yeah, man, I I didn't think this was. Um, it 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 was a real mixed bag because like in the first episode I was like, oh, this is jittery, and I was wondering if it's just maybe like whatever captcha kind of thing somebody used to put it on YouTube was bad maybe. But it, it seemed very jittery, at least in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. This is cheese trash. This is definitely cheese trash. <laughs> and the the voice acting was t- awful. Uh, um, did yeah, you guys watch yeah. the dub? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh, yeah. Specifically, uh, Al was uh, <laughs> when I heard him. I was like, oof. <laughs> okay. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> when that um, funeral procession or whatever it is is going through, and there's like criminals kind of like breaking it up you just hear like what 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 huh hmm hmm what what and then the, uh, man that chief fucking sucked i hated that guy yeah it's definitely Fat a comedy yeah it's it's trying to be a comedy man trying it it did not succeed for me personally i was like this shit sucks i i i hated the first episode i and i didn't like the characters at all i'm like this girl i felt weird because i'm like this is they've got like one kind of uh relevant lady in the series and i'm like this girl fucking sucks oh i like her i like i hated her okay my dating record says so well Like, yeah, yeah, she's loud. She knows what she wants. Uh, she's going to get it done. She's in love with her tank and her bike. Bonaparte, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, fat labor. Uh, yeah, I was like, um, has there been ongoing, like, objectophilia references in this? Yeah, I got that too. She's like, I love this cold, smooth metal on my skin. Okay. Yeah, and I'm like, I hate all the cops in this suck. Like, I hated the cop. And I'm like, who am I supposed to root for? Everyone, like, you know who I liked? I liked the bad guy of the first episode. I didn't realize he was the bad guy. I was like, oh, he's, like, an interesting character. Well, see, I realized and, he was the bad guy right away. As soon as they showed the spider tanky thing, I was like, that's going to be that guy, right? It's got to yeah. be. 
Yeah, when it, well, he told her, like, hey, you should fix your tank. And I'm like, well, maybe this is, like, a reverse kind of thing where it's kind of, he's supposed to be kind of shady or something. But, no, it didn't turn out that way. He's just, he's literally, no, not playing with that trope at all. Just, he's the bad guy. <laughs> yeah, I was like, maybe it's a misdirect, but he's yeah. back. You see, uh, you see every curveball this throw shows you, I tell you that much. At the very yeah. least... I found it to be entertaining. I thought it was really, really funny. Uh, I don't know. I get that it's cringe, but I guess this, this, is the, this is the kind of cringe that I can go in for. I will say I enjoyed the third episode quite a bit. Yes. I enjoyed the. I thought it was a really nice set piece. Um, I didn't really, I figured they, I knew they would stop the thing, but I was just like, I wonder how they're going to kind of maneuver the kind of plot to, you know create conflict and whatnot that episode enjoyed uh first two i was just like what is this i hate this and i was like i checked the time a lot i was like (laughs) this is 30 minutes of these fucking assholes you didn't like the puna twins i was like what are these sexy beast girls it seemed like so out of place well i watched uh oh go ahead decker they are something from the earlier series in this because yeah. yeah. I remember what you said before we started recording because uh, yeah there's a there's a bunch of different tank police uh, anime out there. This mm-hmm. one I think is either a it's either a sequel or it's a prequel. I don't quite remember, but the point is is that those those two Puma sisters they are much better in other things, not this show. Okay. So if you fucking hated them, then I'm there with you, cuz they're not they, they weren't they weren't enjoyable. They were really annoying and they suffered from the worst of the voice acting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I um so I watched a piece of the first series, which is this has to be a sequel because the first series just um uh, it um it is their Leona's first day in the first episode, and I was watching clips of it. And one of the clips I came across was the Puma sisters are being like surrounded by gunpoints in the middle of the street by the FBI, and they do a strip tease to get out of it. <laughs> so Boy. yeah, um, you might if you go back further in time, it might be more cringe going on there. Because um, I read something in the. Like, all the ratings for this were pretty high. Like, they're, like, 7 out of 10, 4 out of 5. Like, like pretty good. And I was just like, I don't know. I What am I not getting? And I knew, I read it was supposed to be a comedy, and a lot of people were saying, hey, the original was better. Uh, but this one's good, too. And I was just like, I I don't know. It's a real mixed bag. And I, I, I like the third episode, but those first two, I was just like, ugh, oof. Big well, I'm glad, to that. I'm glad you got to see the third episode because yeah, that one's a banger. That was yeah. a really, really good one. I liked at the end of the third that they did tease there's going to be an overarching villain here. Because I was like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the episodics, but then I was like, all right, forgetting the long arcing story. That's I'm in. <laughs> yeah, and much... once again, I'll probably it's six episodes, so I could probably finish yeah. this. Would this bother you a lot if I said I like this more than Akira? Um, no. <laughs> did you like it more than Akira? I think I did. I think it's I did. more understandable than Akira. Akira yeah. is a real like mindfuck. Just a bit. Just a bit. 
Did you like this more than Fooly Cooly? Yeah. Okay. Fair. Now that's a hell of a thing. Uh, I was not a big fan of Fooly Cooly. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it's it is a common point of contention because I I really enjoy Fooly Cooly. Dylan did not care for it. I need to watch it all the way through now. Have you never seen all of it? Not all of it, no. But the few bits that I did get to watch, I really did enjoy. Same amount of episodes. Okay, I'll finish yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, six episodes. Wait, did I actually? Um, Dang, recently, a few years ago, they uh, made two new Fooly Cooly yeah, series called ones. Progressive and Alternative. But I have heard that they're bad. I haven't watched them. Well, now I have to see them. Yeah, but right. I'll probably finish this. I mean, because I'm like, <laughs> the third episode, I was like, okay. Like, it wasn't... You're halfway through, yeah. Yeah, I'm halfway through. I might as well finish it, which is how I feel with you with Fooly Wooly. I'm like, you know? <laughs> and That's did you cool. like the music better? In this? Music in Fooly Cooly was good. Oh. Oh yeah, I, I mean yeah, because that's like actual like there's a band, but I do like this yeah. as like the '80s beeps and poops. I love my '80s dystopia of Blade Runner and like, uh, why did I write dress? What fucking movie is that supposed to be in my notes? I don't know. There's some. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the dystopia kind of uh, setting was interesting. I kind of wish that they had gotten more into the world building. They didn't really yeah. set anything up other than like these cops are like maybe bad at their jobs but they all have yeah. tanks there's a lot of defund the tank a, police going on a, yeah <laughs> seriously time. and there are a lot of terrorists uh, speaking a terrorist again and it's just like all of them have guns and like they're taking hostages like the first guy criminal we see is like he's a murderer and then she goes she breaks into like a department store with her tank yeah. to try and shoot him which I'm just okay. like, what the fuck? Like, I, I'm like, is this supposed to make me like cops? Like, it doesn't. What? You're not supposed to arrest people like that, you yeah. little scamps. Yeah. Can you believe Cyberpunk 2020 was popular around this time? Yeah. I just found it, it interesting coming from Cyberpunk 2077 and playing that to seeing this now. Because I, I, yeah, I get a real Night City vibe from. I did too, actually. When I was like, this is kind of like as a, I was thinking cyberpunk or a Blade Runner kind of aesthetic mm -hmm. to it when they were kind of going through the, um, uh, across like the highways and stuff, the kind of panning shots. Yep, same kind of energy, I think. The same kind of lawless, this uh, lost to crime city that would require the the police to have tanks to combat crime. Does it yeah. make any goddamn sense? No! <laughs> but that's not why we're here. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking but, anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I've i never seen Ghost in the Shell. I know that's a uh, a, a bad thing. I, I That's one I, I really am interested in seeing, and it's I by would, the same author. I have to say, I wouldn't um, say that, but... <laughs> I wouldn't say bad. I just say surprising. Well, yeah, it's it's surprising, I guess, for me because I'm that's my whole deal is I watch a ton of anime, but I haven't. And it's uh, like a a famously you know well made one, I guess. Right. You got a lot to chunk through in that case, but maybe next podcast I'd be down. Yeah. I'd be down to hear about that. Yeah. 
Uh, and I know that they made that reboot with uh, Scarlett Johansson recently. I've only seen that one. Oh, you want some trash? (laughs) (laughs) That might turn you off from Ghost in the Shell real quick. (laughs) Yeah. They even wrote in a reason why it's whitewashed, pretty much. It's very hot. They, like, retconned why she... Uh, embarrassing. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think, Dylan? I give and... this banana yes. I had fun with it. <laughs> that was... The beginning got me right. You know, I like my badass, like, blow them bitches out of the sky. Excuse my language. I don't like to use it. But There's a lot of swearing is. in this. There is like... a lot of swearing in this. It was just yeah. so. I. I just had fun with it because it just was what it was. I didn't take it too seriously. I had no idea what it was going into it. That's why I panicked when I was like, saw there was more, and I was like, oh, did I watch the wrong thing? Um, but yeah, I had fun with it. Or, um, yeah, I give it an a yes. It was silly. It just, uh, I, yeah, oh, it's only six episodes. Yeah, Decker, what do you think? Would you recommend this? I would, but I would have to remind everybody that it's a certain kind of comedy. It's Oh, yeah. But beyond that, I had a lot of fun with it. It took me a few seconds, yeah, like in the, in the first episode, to really calibrate to what kind of trash I was watching. But then after that, I stopped really, <laughs> I guess, I don't want to say that I stopped trying, but I tried to get on this thing's level of sparkle motion, and I think it succeeded. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun watching these guys run around town trying to save the world in the most mayor's gonna have my ass kind of way. <laughs> yeah. I love that. the trope, the like just cop trope. The mayor's on my ass. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I recommend. Um, boy. <laughs> um, like the third episode. Didn't really like the characters. Music was just kind of an eh. Setting was interesting, but they didn't build the world a lot, and they won't because it's only six episodes. Um, I I have a weird interest in this because I'm like, what else am I doing? But I I'm curious to see where it goes, and maybe I'll, I'll enjoy it more. Um, I have a hard time with hate watching stuff and kind <laughs> of like so bad it's good stuff. Um, I'm gonna recommend it. But with a little asterisk that says it's six episodes um, and maybe it gets better. Uh, I liked one third of the, the bit that we watched. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't completely hate it. I've seen worse series, definitely. I've seen a lot of anime. Um, yeah, let's give it a yeah. Watch it. Fuck it. Why not? Three thumbs all Fuck around. All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you made the cut. Nice work. <laughs> Good job, New Dominion Tank Police. Yeah. Uh, and our final segment, which is plugs. <laughs> Decker, do you have anything to plug? Plug away. Um. No. No. Okay. Fair. We're paper. We're paper free up in this. You can find us on Whole GD Show and on the socials, wholegdshow.podbean.com, um, facebook.com slash wholegdshow, and you can email us, wholegdshow at gmail.com, uh, rate and review us, probably do it right in your podcast app or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you listen. Caleb O'Ryan does our music, you can find him on Spotify and streaming services. You can find me streaming on Twitch sometimes, twitch.tv slash inkaboutit, stream in 
Um, we're playing Valheim a lot, and uh, we're reviewing the games on Twitch now. So, yeah, come check us out. Where can people find you, Jeff? I am at Twitter, Tumblr, and Instagram at RewriterShaw. I also uh, stream on Twitch and YouTube at RewriterShaw and at OldGD Show, so you can follow me there. All right, yeah, and thanks for joining us, Decker. It was a good time. Thank thanks you. for your recommendation. Yeah, and a lot of fun. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, no, anytime. We'll have to do... Um, uh, I'll have to do a long play at some point. Yeah. Oh, please yeah. let me know. All right. Yeah, we'll catch you, uh, GD listeners, in the next GD episode. And goodbye. Bye, everybody. Later.